The following contest is scheduled for one fall. I've seen that man before, that's Randy Phil. The other one's some kind of half man, half monkey. It's a massive duplex and not one dragon in sight. Hello, all you beautiful, sweaty marks, you glorious shaggers out there. This is episode 32, Snapdragon Duplex, 1st of August today, and we are covering Fight for the Fallen, AW Dynamite. I am your host at home, Mikey Mack, and your host away is Randy Phil, and we'll be cutting over to him shortly, but before we do, I've just got to cover the biggest news in wrestling right now, WWE... As of late last night, I believe, our time, uh, they've released Bray Wyatt, of all fucking people, maybe one of the biggest merch sellers of all time, but what are you going to do, right? Budget cuts, eh? A man who fucking pays for himself in t-shirts is subject to budget cuts, but what, fucking, I don't fucking believe it. Maybe, maybe it's partially his own decision, because I know he's going through a lot of mental health issues ever since Brody Lee died. And I don't know, is he going to come into AEW? I, I hope so. Uh, once he's better and he feels like he can do stuff like that, sure. Randy texted me to mention, because this happened after Randy recorded, so he texted me to throw his two cents in. And he said that he wants me to mention that he wants, or he's already come up with a storyline, which I guess we'll hear when we're going live next week. Um, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy in AEW doing the deleter of worlds crack again. Put it this way, it's going to be a hard sell for me from Randy. And But hey, if anyone can sell it to me, Randy Phil can. He could sell ice to a fucking polar bear, that cunt. And without further ado, let's jump you over to Randy Phil. Ladies and shaggers, gentlemen and marks, we're back again. And tonight it is Fight for the Fallen. This is like the fourth week in a row we've had a themed AEW. And I'm not hating it, but these cunts are starting to get a lot worse than WWE. Yeah. And then next week we have got AEW Homecoming. But we're kicking off this week. We've got Fight for the Fallen. Yep. And we're starting with a 10-man tag team oh, match. Oh yeah. Straight off the bat, see this fucking video package they've done for Adam Page in the Dark Order. Love the video package. Then we get the entrance with the Elite, mm-hmm. with the Looney Tunes vests. Mm-hmm. Fucking excellent. They need to get them on shop AEW. <laughs> I'm going to be buying one. I'll probably buy about three of them because why wouldn't you? I'll do a quick, quick, quick rundown of this match. I cannot get all the spots because it was a spot fest. Mikey, you can get any spots that I missed that you no loved. Problem. Superplex by Alex Reynolds to Nick Jackson on the outside, on all the boys, fucked everybody yep. up. Alex Reynolds gets fucked out first with a roll-up and holding on to the tights. So straight off the bat, Elite have got five guys in the Dark Order are down to four. We quickly get things evened up when Carol Anderson gets eliminated by Evil Uno, hitting a gory bomb combined with a top rope swanton bomb stunner by Stuart Grayson. It looked absolutely fantastic. That is a tag team finisher if I've ever seen one. Stu Grayson and Evil Luno are just looking fantastic as a tag team with their tag team mm-hmm. moves. So we've got four on four. Stuart Grayson, Doc Gallows are the legal man in the match. Stuart Grayson goes for a top rope corkscrew dive to the outside yep. to all the rest of the boys. And he hits absolutely none of the boys. <laughs> swallows nothing but concrete. 
It looked absolutely sore as fuck. But he powered through. Stuart Grayson and Doc Gallows go fighting up to the back of the arena. Well, not to the back, towards the crowd. Stuart Grayson does another fucking dive on Doc Gallows the whole time the referee's counting. And he has reached his 10 count, so double count out. Stuart Grayson and Doc Gallows have been eliminated. The gown. So, legal men in the match then moves to Evil Uno and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Kenny Omega gets a one-winged angel on Evil yep. Uno. Three on two, because nobody's kicking out of the one-winged no angel. One. And Johnny Silver's starting to look like the sole survivor. It could be <laughs> the chance here, because you've got John Silver and Adam Page mm-hmm. taking on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. That is until John Silver gets hit with an indie taker. Or is it a Meltzer driver? Meltzer driver. I don't know. Somebody tell me what it is because I can't tell the difference between these two. But he gets hit with that on the fucking outside of the ring. They roll him back into the ring and the Young Bucks hit a double V trigger on John Silver and that is him pumped out the match. We've got three on one. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega taking on Hangman Adam Page. Mm -hmm. So you didn't get your John Silver sole survivor. I'm more disappointed than you are, Mickey, believe me. My notes are starting to get all over the mm-hmm. place by this point. The next thing I've got is a Snapdragon. We got a Snapdragon duplex. duplex. It was Kenny Omega. Of course it was. It always is. Get him a t-shirt, Mikey. On it. Get it posted. I think he stays in North Carolina. <laughs> Somebody will let me know. I think it'll be fucking Justin Roberts. He always lets us know where he's from. Oh, yeah. So I got so caught up in the match by this point that I forgot how Matt Jackson got eliminated. I think it was Hangman Adam Page hits a double buckshot lariat as a comeback on the Young Bucks. Yeah. Nick Jackson rolls out the ring. Matt's still there, so Hangman pins Matt Jackson. We're down to two on one. So Nick and Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. And Hangman might actually do it here, but he gets abused. He gets absolutely abused. Nick distracts the referee. Kenny uses one of his belts, yeah. one of his many, many belts, because he is a belt collector, but it's not good enough. Hangman kicks out at two, mm-hmm. and all that done was fucking annoy Kenny Omega, because then he hits him like four V-triggers. Was it? I don't know. It was a lot of V-triggers. Yeah. I mean, get Adam Page a fucking CTE scan. He's going to need it <laughs> after all that abuse his head took. Picks him up. Kenny Omega hits a one-winged angel on Hangman Adam Page. And like I said, nobody, not even Adam Page, is kicking out of the one-winged angel. Your winners and sole survivors of the match, Kenny Omega and Nick Jackson. Big shock here. I got it right. Yeah. Big shock, though. So, Hangman Adam Page, it's all there in black and white. Clear as crystal. You lost the five-on-five tag team elimination match. You forfeit your AEW title match. Yeah. The Dark Order do not get a tag team title match. You get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. I said good day. Mikey. Big match, big result. How do you feel? Right, man. Um, Big match, big result, like you said. How do I feel? Gutted, but kind of excited. I mean, right, let's just go with the stuff that I want to touch on. So... All the spots that you put down were spots that I had down as well. Like they, they're all just so good. Um, let's talk about the entrances, right? So, the entrance for the Dark Order. 
You've got the cool cowboy promo, like you don't need to wear a hat to be a cowboy and all this shit. It was really cool. And then it comes in and they've got like a spotlight going on each member of the Dark Order in time. There's like a really slow instrumental, it's Adam Page's music, right? And it's going like, bam, bam, bam. And it's like lighting up each member of the Dark Order one by one. And it ends with fucking Adam Page with a fucking bandana over his mouth. And the tune kicks in and I'm like, holy fuck. Fuck, I'm fucking hyped for this. I've just been to pull a fucking gun out and just be like, bang, bang, motherfucker. It was great, man. Actually, you know what? That entrance was the Doug's boss. That might be the best entrance AEW have ever done. Fuck it, I'm throwing my hat in the ring to say that that's my favourite AEW entrance ever. I can't think of one that I preferred more than that. And then the fucking Elite come out in their Space Jam thing, right? And it was a great kind of juxtaposition so you had this like really epic fucking like oh my god i'm so ready for these guys to win and then they they came out so obnoxious and you're just like oh fuck off also they came out in the looney tunes stuff like you said they're the good guys the looney tunes the tune squad they're the good guys i've seen space jam one i've not seen space jam two maybe they're the baddies now but i can't see bugs bunny being the baddie anyway why are the baddies wearing the goodies tops is what i'm trying to say all in all, man, this match was fucking so much fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's like Jericho's always said in WWE. He said that you want to be either... If you're not on last, you want to be on first because the crowd's in, they've got all the energy, they're ready for a good night. Uh, so it's a really good spot to have. AEW really kind of... AEW really take advantage of that. Uh, they always put a fucking great match on first. Always really hot match. Like, they have... Moxley on first. They have fucking the Young Bucks on first. Do you know what I mean? They have this match on first. It's just great. It really means like you can't miss the start of this show. You can't be late to watch Dynamite. You need to fucking be there to see what's probably going to be one of the best matches of the night. And this time it really, really was. It was the best match of the night. One of the best matches I can remember in a, in a long time. Do you know what? It was nice to have a Survivor Series style match where it wasn't just Raw versus SmackDown and there's nothing on the line. One where there's actually stakes and there's a really good storyline that's taken ages to build up to here. That gets me towards the end of the match. So you mentioned Kenny had the belt um, and then Adam Page kind of countered. Like So Kenny throws the belt, Adam Page ducks it, counters it into a dead eye and then goes to count him. Gets a two count. JR shouts, he's out, he's out. And Don Callis is like, he kicked out JR, what are you talking about? And it goes quiet, and you can tell JR's like fucking actually annoyed. And he goes, no need to have a fit, Don. I thought he got three. And I was pissing myself. <laughs> yeah, it was two V triggers and a one winged angel for the win, which is fair enough. And when, when it actually happened, I went, no, fuck off, like that proper fucking into this i was a proper mark during this match you called it man I fucking wish you hadn't but you did and um well i guess we do this slow build for a bit longer right where do we go from here though right i mean kenny had to cheat to win so you've got a bit of a claim for a rematch or something like that but there's no real commissioner in aw it's not like they've got a william regal who'll come out and be like yeah, restart the match. You, you know what I mean? There's there's none of that. So he's going to have to build his way back up to get number one contender. And it took him fucking months to do that before. 
where the fuck do you go from here? Do you put him in the TNT title match thing and then you like build this up for another fucking year? I don't know. And I'm looking forward to see how they do it, but I think if you leave it burning for too long, sometimes a slow burn can take too long. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it can... I guess with people like Kenny and Paige, you've built up this thing where this is a storyline like like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens that could go on forever and you could just kind of dip in and out of it. But we need to see a payoff sooner rather than later, I think, to kind of keep everyone interested. And then you can do the slow burn of Kenny slowly turns face and he takes on Adam Page and Adam Page's heel maybe in that scenario and that would be cool as fuck, but that, you can do that over a year. I don't know, man. I'm just spitballing. Really like this match. Let's move on to the next one, man. Yeah, the next segment was a backstage interview. You've got Pac and Randy's boy, Alex Marvez. It turns out someone has cancelled Death by Angle, aka Lucha Bros, car from the airport. But don't worry, lads. I know everyone's worried out there, ladies and gentlemen. But Andrade El Idolo and Chavo Guerrero Jr., being the lovely chaps that they are, have booked them in a limo. And if you don't know what a limo is, Chavo explains it's like a big long car for nice posh people. You've maybe never been in one. You know what I mean? Not like fucking Chavo, you know, Mr. fucking Lowrider. From there, we jump to the FTW title celebration. You've got Taz going to celebrate Ricky Starks. And Taz is standing on a big fucking podium and he introducing absolute Ricky Starks as the new FTW World Heavyweight Champion. I believe is what he says, right? Maybe I'm going that wrong, but I thought he said that, which would be the fuck the world, world champion. But maybe he didn't say that. <laughs> maybe I just wrote that down weird. But I remember he didn't being like, what? Anyway, um, he's got a big brass band outside playing Ricky down to the ring. Uh, Ricky gets a kiss from a hottie on the way to the ring. He gets orange roses on the way to the ring. He's got Hook on the way to the ring. He's got the belt on the way to the ring. Uh, he's got on loafers. He's not got one sock in sight. What a spice boy. Um, anyway, they make mention that Powerhouse Hobbs is out recruiting. We'll see where that comes from. Or if they're just trying to make up for the fact that he's not here. Um, Ricky starts shitting all over Brian Cage. And then Brian Cage comes out. Is this a new theme? Or have they just dropped the... Who can stop the path of Cage? Like that Taz says at the start. They definitely dropped that bit. But is this a new, new theme song? He always kind of had generic wrestler number two music from fucking creator wrestler but anyway brian cage comes flying out he batters the absolute fucking piss out of the poor brass band he puts the drummer through the drum because listen if you're going to bring a drum to a wrestling ring what the fuck do you expect uh he chases ricky sarks away who looks at him with this like disgusted sneer like oh you're beneath me and i loved it it's absolutely disgusting kind of look fucking hilarious man what do you make of this shit randy why is Brian Cage still obsessed with Team Taz? He got mm-hmm. out. Once he got out, he should have just fucking took that as a win and fucked off. Now he's still working with Team yeah. Taz, but he's working with him as he's working against them. You would have just fucking called it quits and fucked <laughs> off and went for your own thing. Does he just want to bring the pain to Team Taz, or does he want that FTW belt back? At this point, I don't really care. There is one note that I want to make. You might have picked up on it. But Ricky Stark says Will Hobbs wasn't there to (laughs) celebrate with him because he was out recruiting. 
and he just left it there. It was like a very small comment in passing that he made. Is Team Taz going to have new members? Yes, that's what I was saying. The way that they're using Taz is the way that I want them to use Jake Roberts. I wish he had more guys. He had a Team Roberts. That'd be cool. But, um, nah, he's stuck with Lance Archer. If Team Taz does get another guy in, have you got any ideas who it might be? Right now, I'm at a loss, but we can discuss it next yeah, week. Yeah, definitely, let's do that. We move on for here, and we have Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that is all I know. He's cut a promo challenging the winner of the IWGP US title match tonight between Lance Archer and Hikaleo, son of King Haku. <laughs> and I found this to be a weird promo or a weird uh, video package to throw in because they're not promoting this for a Dynamite match. This is going to be happening in New Japan. Whoever wins tonight's title match will go over to New Japan and challenge Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. Weird. Maybe it's just Tony Khan playing ball with New Japan so that he might be able to go over there and sell some good tickets if they do decide to tour. But Mikey, do you know much more about Hiroshi Tanahashi? I don't know much. He fights in New Japan. I think he's had a couple of big feuds with Kenny Omega over right. the years. And I think his taunt is whenever mm. he puts his index and thumb up to his eye and the remaining three mm. fingers up and there's like a wee peepy glass thing. Is that no, the guy? I think, I think that's Naito. What can you tell me about him? Does he do some sick moves? Does he do any Snapdragon duplex? Is he a boy of the show? Oh man, I've been kind of dropped in it here, man. I don't know. <laughs> I've done no research, mate. I think as Naito that you're talking about, who like, like opens his eye up. And, um, oh, he was in, I think he was in a stable called Los in Grenobles or something like that. And it was him and that evil guy. Mate, I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm fucking rambling. He can be a boy of the show. Fuck it, he's my boy. Right, so the next match was FTR versus our very own postage and packaging, P&P, a.k.a. Proud and Powerful. Um, ma'am. God, family, and professional wrestling. Here we go. When was the last time that we saw a postage and packaging in a straight-up tag match? Or even fucking FTR for that matter. That's what I was thinking when they're coming down. I'm like, I don't fucking remember when these guys last... Either of these teams last had a fucking straight up tag match. It was a decent match. I mean, I've not got a lot of spots. I know Cash injured himself. uh, Which is shit. But the match itself felt a wee bit lackluster compared to like the Survivor Series match earlier on. So I think it suffered from like where it was in the card. Uh, they definitely kind of cooled the crowd down a wee bit with promos and shit. Then a straight up tag match after that. Massive spot fest. It's a bit unfair on them. Probably would have been a better match if it was on a different show. FTR won. And to be honest, man, I can't remember much of the match. And that's kind of said a lot. But I didn't dislike it. It just didn't set the world on fire. Do you know what I mean? Wonder what our boy Randy Phil has to say. See if Proud and Powerful were in WWE. Vince would 100% have them split by now and he'd have Santana get pushed as a singles guy yeah. for all the two weeks because he looks fucking, he looks incredible. He's an athlete. He is a mm-hmm. boy. Vince would push him for two weeks as a fucking Latin American superstar then get fed up with him and the whole time Ortiz would be running about in the background trying to get a shot at the 24-7 oh, title. Right. This match, it was an abrupt end, wasn't it? Yeah. Cash Wheeler fucked his elbow, 
getting knocked off that turnbuckle and he didn't even like take a time to sell it. He went straight over to that doctor, knew fine well that something was yeah. fucked and Dax Hardwood beat Proud and Powerful two on mm-hmm. one. I don't want to waste anybody's time on this because it's going to be a feud that's ongoing. Just hope that fucking Cash Wheeler's all healed up in a week or two and ready to get right back on it and start beating some old men again. Absolutely. And after this, Britt Baker cuts a promo and she's she's definitely a heel during this promo, isn't she? People love her. She gotta be a heel. (laughs) Anyway, she's saying she needs someone to come in and protect her because poor Rebel. Yeah, Rebel. Mm -hmm. She can't do it because she's fucked. Britt Baker's fucked. All the birds are just... I can't say all the birds are fucked all the time. That's weird. <laughs> all the birds are getting injured all the time. Yeah. So she's saying she needs to bring someone in to have her back. And who do you think it could be bringing in? Rumours are there's three potential former WWE superstars that could be lined up. Female superstars that could be lined up going to AEW. That's uh, Ruby oh. Riot and both members of the Iconics. Nice. I don't know what they're called now. They've definitely got a new name. Can't remember. So yeah, could be either of those three. Could be none of them. What did you make it, Mikey? Have you got anyone that you think could be coming out to help out Britt Baker? Perhaps the man? Oh, no way. It's definitely no, not no. the man. Don't get me excited for that. Yeah, mate, fuck. Um... I didn't know that about Ruby Riot or the Iconics, to be honest. I must be fucking sleeping on all the dirt sheet stuff. I'm just so shocked because of Bray Wyatt. Um, Ruby Riot's a good shout. Why not? That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Britt Baker's definitely a heel, or she acts like a heel, but she's she's a tweener. Like, everyone loves her. She gets a huge pop every time she comes out. She's the best on the mic. She's the best character in the division. One of the best wrestlers in the division. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't hate her. I know she's an asshole, and that's the point, but it's it's like when Kevin Owens was still an asshole and everyone loved him, this is exactly the same. Like when Kevin Owens feuded with John Cena, this is that kind of vibes. Right, so next up, we've got a segment that I'm not sure about, okay? Now, we've got... I mean, I'm sure of one thing, just like everyone else is, but that's why I'm not sure. So we've got Tony the Shagger comes out, starts announcing, he's got a big announcement to make about an event, Right? So the event, he comes out and he says, the first AW Rampage is on August 13th. And I'm like, cool. That's a cool announcement. Cheers for that. And he goes, but fucking forget about the first one. The first one doesn't matter. The second one is August 20th and it's in Chicago. And we're calling it the first dance. And then the cuts to the crowd. If you want to talk about... This is the thing, right? I love Tony Khan. I do love Tony Khan. But... My fucking God, this man cannot keep a secret. See, when I buy someone a present, right, I get so excited about what it's going to be like when they open the present that I end up just telling them what it is. I'm like, oh, I bought you a present. It's like, fuck, it was supposed to be a surprise. And then they're like, oh, what is it? And I'm like, no, I'm not telling you. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, oh, no, it's a, it's a fucking, I don't know, it's a fucking, I don't know, it's a fucking rotisserie chicken. Why not? And uh, they're like, oh, cool, that probably would have been nicer if it was a surprise. Or, you know, it wasn't a fucking rotisserie chicken. Um, so, Tony, sometimes just keep things fucking quiet, man. It's enough to be like, to be like, yeah, our first show, Rampage. Everyone get excited to come and watch this show. It's going to be a big night. And it's in, I don't know what it is. New Jersey, wherever the fuck it is, right? It's not New Jersey, but I'm just putting it out there. And then, 
at that show you can now go, our next show is in Chicago. Um, go and get your tickets at so-and-so. And then everyone will be like, well, I'm turning up to the Chicago one because CM Punk might show up. Why do you have to tell us it's CM Punk? Um, so, as I said, he makes a big deal. August 20th, the second Rampage. He's basically saying, don't bother watching the first one. It doesn't matter. And then the second one is the first dance. It's in Chicago. It cuts to the crowd screaming, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. You're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. And, well, I mean, don't don't get me wrong, I still got really excited, but I think I would have enjoyed it more if they just kept it secret. This cuts us to Darby and Sting, his stepdad, the hoodlums backstage, and Darby's like, I'll be in Chicago, man. And he says, there's only one place to prove yourself, and it's in AEW. Even if you say you're the best in the world. And then I was like, okay, fuck, this is actually fucking happening. But why the fuck did you have to tell us? Don't tell us when these things are happening, man. So my question is, the first Rampage, Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan? Is he going to be the secret one? So they're kind of building up the CM Punk thing. So you're like, oh, amazing. And everyone's all focused on that. First Rampage, Daniel Bryan walks out. That's my shout, okay? Anyway, the next match on the card, we've got Hikaleo versus Lance Archer. You've got King Haku coming out with Hikaleo and he's looking fucking mean, man. Love Haku. This is for the IWGP US title. You know the belt. We love the belt. I want to get the belt from my wall. I genuinely want to get it from my wall. One day I hope we have a studio covered in fucking belts and that's got to be up near the top of the pile. Um, Hikaleo comes out. Haku looks like a million bucks. I've got to say, man, I really like his tracksuit as well. He's look. He's got that kind of fucking Tony Soprano drip. Lance Archer comes out. He's got a fucking black eye. Uh, remnants of his battle with John Moxley. Hikaleo is huge, by the way. They're standing toe-to-toe with each other, and Hikaleo is slightly taller than Lance Archer. Haku did the Tonga chokehold thing, you know, you know the it's a bit like the Vulcan fucking grip thing. He did that on the outside onto Jake, not Jake, uh, Jake's son, Lance, Lance Archer. And all the other notes I've got for this match is that Lance Archer wins with a blackout. I mean, I thought the match was quite slow, which is... Lance Archer's strange. Sometimes he does really slow matches and then just, like, turns it on at the end and finishes. And sometimes he does these, like... Like when he fought Darby Allen and like, just these rapid matches. And I, I prefer that side of him. I think him doing really fast-paced, like, a lot of high spots and stuff is really cool. And it sets him apart from every other big dude in the company. But these, like, slow big guy matches, two big guys having a slow match, it's, it's okay. But, but we've all seen it a million times. But it was decent. It wasn't It wasn't bad, right? What do you have to say about this, Randy boy? Right, I've not got fucking anything really to say about <laughs> this match. Lance Archer retains. It must have just been a way to get Hikaleo's face on American TV or at least All Elite. Yeah. It'll be Tony Khan keeping the New Japan guys happy, especially Haku. Definitely. Because no cunt wants to upset Haku, Ooh, no, no, no. King Haku. And I was very wrong when I said he had the brief stint in WWE. He had a brief stint when I watched WWE, right? When I was born in my lifetime, mm-hmm. which was 1992, <laughs> is when he had the... Not in that. It wasn't in 1992, but he had the tag team with Rikishi. It was in WWE way before that. Okay. He was there for like six years or something. He was in a few stables. It was before my time. Then he went to WCW for many years, and I wasn't a WCW guy because if you're in the UK at that time, you didn't have 
the official Sky Sports or TNT, right? You had this wee black box that your dad's mate for the pub or your uncle's mate. You never, they never knew the guy direct. It was always a mate and a mate. He had this wee black box and it was called the Jerry Gold. And it only had about, it was this wee black box and fucking two wee red numbers. Like that, I'm off track here. But that's the fucking box I had. And it was a shite wee box and you couldn't get WCW on it all the time. So I don't know who the fuck Haku was at that time, right? I only got him when he came into WWF and tag teamed with Rikishi. And then Rikishi got injured and Haku fought fucking Sean Stasiak on Sunday Night Heat. And then he got fucked off. And Hikaleo got pumped off Lance Archer. And Lance Archer's going to fight Hiroshi. Who's he going to fight? Hiroshi Tanahashi? I don't know. I've not got that name in front of me anymore. That was was like two promos ago. That was right. Mikey, take us away. Right, so we've got Alex Marvez, Randy's boy, with Cody Rhodes, America's boy. Um, Malachi Black interrupts this straight away, straight off the bat. Cody's like, yeah, man, I want it. And then boom, he gets fucking scalped. Uh, he beats the shit out of Cody. Cody starts fighting back a bit. They're fighting into the arena. For some reason, Cody does his, you know, his backdrop and slap thing. He does that on the ramp. And I'm like, <laughs> so silly. It made me laugh, man. Then Black hits him with a knee and the crowd cheer, like, really loud. And they start chanting, Malakai, Malakai. And I'm like, oh, yes, turn Cody heel now. This is this is it. Here's your opportunity. The, the crowd are on Malakai Black's side. Turn Cody heel. Get Malakai to be a fucking... I don't want to say the vigilante because that's fucking, like, what WWE called Sting. But that kind of... He's kind of evil but at the same time he's sorting cunts out like Undertaker and the Attitude Era like that kind of vibes um the backstage cunts come out they save Cody and Black hits uh Fuego del Sol with a blackout which is sorry Black Mass Blackout's um Lance Archer thing thank god I corrected myself there before anyone else had to do it um yeah he hits him with a Black Mass which is still so fucking cool man then we cut to a promo with Miro I mean the only Points I got about this is that Miro keeps calling himself God's favourite champion, which I love. And he's fighting Lee Johnson next week, which I think is a bit undeserving, but I don't really watch Dark, so I don't know. Maybe he's fucking... Maybe he's doing okay. Next up, a six-man tag team match with the Hardy family organisation taking on Jurassic Express with Christian. Let's just fucking brush through this match, right? Good teamwork from the Hardy family organisation. They are all on the same page here. Angelico goes to shit can Jungle Boy out the ring and then Isaiah Cassidy like jumps between the ropes and stretches mm-hmm. him just so that Jungle Boy definitely 100% gets out of the ring and hits the fucking outside ground the hardest way possible. <laughs> Jungle Boy gets pissed off with that, pulls down Isaiah Cassidy and throws him into the barrier. Don't fuck with the Jungle Absolutely. Boy. Jungle Boy turns around and Matt Hardy floors him with a right hand. The referee must have been distracted or it's just the shite referee that AEW have got on board that can't call any decisions. Christian comes round, chases Matt Hardy out of there like a scalded dog, and then you've got the wee chihuahua, Marco Stunt, running after the two of them away to yep. the back. I thought they fucked off to the back, but they cut the camera, they cut back, and Christian's back on the apron. That fucked me. Just in time for a private party to pay tribute to the Hardys with their old school move, poetry in yes. motion. But Jungle Boy proves that he's got more than two brain cells together and he has watched the Hardy Boys match from way back in that area because he just ducks when he's in the corner. One of them 
just body splashes the corner and then Jungle Boy does a flip over Mark Quint and tags in the big bad bastard Lankasaurus. <laughs> Luchasaurus just proves he's worth here. This is why you tag with a dinosaur, right? He clears house Absolutely. quick. And he hits a triple German suplex. Crowd control. Or is it a quadruple German suplex? He grabs one guy, the, that guy grabs another guy, and he grabs another guy. It was all Angelico, Mark Quinn, and Isaiah Cassidy. Three of them get German suplexed in a chain of Luchasaurus. I'm saying it's a four-man German suplex. But he done all of that. Then he goes over, he tags in Christian. Luchasaurus hits a big choke slam on whoever the legal man is, because I'm lost at this yeah. point. And Christian follows it up with a frog splash. Christian, can he outwork the HFO? Yes, he can. <laughs> the victory is cut short, because Blade of the HFO, you know that guy that fucking loses every other yes. time? He shows mm-hmm. up, and he does the classic AEW trick where... He's a ringside fucking goon yes. dressed with AEW gear and a wee snood mask on. If MD's wearing a snood now, it has to be the blade. So the blade cheap shots Christian with the brass knucks. Where did he get these brass knucks for? Did he get them back off Orange <laughs> Cassidy? Are they new brass knucks? Does he have an armory of knucks back He's home? Got a guy. How easy is it to get brass knucks in America? I mean, I know it's easy to get a gun. Well, they sit, they make it out to be that it's easy to get a gun. But is it that easy to get brass knucks as well? Because you can't get fuck all in the UK. You can't even go to the shop and buy a fucking kitchen knife without filling out some sort of declaration. <gasps> then you can't even open the fucking kitchen knife when you get home because you need a knife to get into the knife. <laughs> but Mikey, what did you make of the tag match? Uh, it was alright. It was okay. It sounds like you enjoyed it a lot more than I did. Uh, one thing that you missed to mention was Tony the Shagger on commentary says that QT Marshall handed him a note saying I'm not going to apologise to you this week, I know I said I would, um, but I'm going to apologise to you next week because your family is going to be there and I want to apologise to you in front of your family and that will go exactly to plan, there's going to be no shithousery it's just going to be a lovely wee apology between QT Marshall and Tony and Tony's family and it's just very sweet, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, so the next match on the card, Julia Hart versus Thunder Rosa. It was a short match. I thought Thunder Rosa, she looked like a boss. Julia Hart, I mean, she's got a strong future ahead of her, right? She's fucking beyond athletic. I think she's pretty good as well. She's got a good look, got a good fucking gimmick, that kind of cheerleader thing. Yeah, it's cool. Good match. Thunder Rosa wins with a fire thunder driver. She must be number one contender now that she's official AEW. Sure. She must be. John Moxley cuts a promo and he's saying that he's wanting to go to Japan. He's calling out Tanahashi, but then he doesn't call Tanahashi out. See how I'm getting his name right now? It's because it's back in my notes yeah. again. Hiroshi Tanahashi. So Moxley's been calling this guy out when he was the IWGP US champ. Now he, then he uncalls him out. Whatever. But it sounds like John Moxley is doing an open challenge against the New Japan Pro Wrestling guys, and I'm cool with that, because that's like a good way to get them in and out without fucking abusing this belt and having that on. That's just becoming like the secondary TNT TV belt, or the AEW TV belt, whatever. Have Moxley do his open challenges with New Japan. I'm cool with that. But I don't know any New Japan guys that they'll get over. I thought David Hartsmith was, 
but he's not. And he has recently re-signed with WWE, which is cool. But give me John Moxley, but don't give me this fucking old da version of John Moxley. Give me the fucking badass one that we had two months yeah. ago. Hopefully he gets some hair back. <laughs> right, so the next match, the final match, it's time for your main event of the evening. We've got the second labour of Chris Jericho, Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho in a no-rules match. Jesus, fuck. Listen to the thing, right? They're calling it a no-rules match, not a no-disqualifications match, not a no-holds-barred match, no rules. How do you win? How do you win a no-rules match? Because if you win by pin or submission, which is how you win it, they're fucking rules. A pin ending a match is a rule. That's the one rule of the match. If you pin, you win. If you submit someone, you win. Two rules. This match has two rules. Bullshit. <laughs> Just see. Anyway, let's move on. Um, here comes the pain maker. Oh, I hate this gimmick, man. Oh, I hate it so much. I think it's terrible. I think it's a terrible gimmick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, because I know people were really into it and all that. I think it fucking sucks. I think it looks like what a kid would draw as a cool gimmick. Especially back in like the sting as the crow in WCW kind of days. They'd be like, cool, man. I'm going to wear like this cool fedora hat and I'm going to paint my eyes like this. You know, I'll be oh, black lips. I'm going to be so cool, man. My big leather jacket. It sucks, man. But anyway, he comes out like that. And then here comes Nick Gage. MDK all day, man. Fucking. Um, MJF's out to do commentary. How the. F- so at this point, I was like, I just can't see how this is going to end with Nick Gage still being pals at MJF. But somehow it kind of does. Who knows, man? Look, we start the match. Nick Gage has got the pizza cutter on him. Uh, cuts Jericho's arm straight away. Must have been a blade job. Um, unless he's sharp. I, I, he might actually sharpen the wheel on the pizza wheel, which would not surprise me. And then at this point, I'm just like, I can't really believe I'm watching Nick Gage in AEW. I'm fucking dynamite as well. But, um, okay, Jericho puts on the walls. Gage grabs the ropes. No forced break. Thank fuck. Because I hate when WWE, they force a break in no DQ matches. The referee comes over and goes, hey, come on, let go of him. It's like, get the fuck, man. I've just fucking cut him up with a pizza wheel. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to do some horrible shit to him. Stuff that'll last a lifetime. But you're worried about me fucking not following the rules that don't apply. Get to fuck. So I liked Audrey Edward, Ed, Aubrey Edwards. Audrey, oh, fucking hell, I've totally fucked that up. You know the one I mean. And she was doing the whole like, no, no, no. I'm doing fuck all, not getting involved. Nick Gage. He's a crap wrestler, any man. But... That's not what he's known for. He's known for being fucking fearless, doing these horrible death matches and stuff. And you know what, man? There's an audience for it, so he's got a place. He's got a place in professional wrestling, and you can't take that away from him. It's just, maybe it's not my cup of tea. Because it's the cup of tea, other people, you just let it happen, and that's fine. You stick in your lane, and you're good at it, and you carry on with that. Wrestling ability, not great. Um, He gets the fluorescent light tubes out. Chris gets Floyd, the baseball bat. There's a few bat shots, and Jericho and Nick Gage, they're both blade. They both bladed at this point. They're bleeding. Or maybe they didn't blade. Um, Gage does the pizza cutter spot when he's rubbing it along Jericho's forehead. Yuck. Uh, but MJF laughing like a bastard was pretty funny, to be honest. Um, the crowd start chanting, We want tables! And Nick Gage just gives it the neck. Nah, cut that shit out, man. Fuck off. Not get 
He's like, nah, I'm not about that. And then he grabs a light tube and then the crowd pop like fuck. They're like, oh, fuck the tables. We're going this way. Um, He grabs someone outside. Is, just, is it some rando? Obviously he works for AEW, but just some rando. He gets him to go and grab him a pane of glass. So he comes out with this big pane of glass, sets it up over two chairs. Jesus Christ, this is on free television. Um, Jericho goes up into the corner does his 10 punches thing on Nick Gage on the top rope and then does a fucking hurricanrana off the top rope throwing Nick Gage through the glass. Holy shit. Mental. Two count. That's all we got. Jericho goes for a code breaker. Nick Gage slams him onto the broken glass. Yuck. And then hits him with a light tube on the head. Not once. Not twice. Shit, it is twice. Fuck's sake. Will someone give me my Mr. Burns moment? I want the Mr. Burns moment. Anyway, uh, he hits a pile driver on Chris Jericho into the broken glass, takes the broken light tube, starts jabbing it on fucking Jericho's forehead. It's blood everywhere. It's rank. Gage ends up getting like two bundles of four light tubes, which is eight in total. Quick maths. Uh, Jericho does the green mist. Was it green? It was probably black. He does mist, they're like, the mist, the mist! You know, the, <laughs> he like blows the mist into Gage's face and then smashes the bundle of light tubes onto his head, then hits the Judas effect really quickly, and he wins. So, I actually quite like that ending, I can't lie. MJF cuts the music, shows a video of Chris Jericho slagging off MJF. So he says... Some it was someone was like you you look like Hooventud uh, back in the day, and he's like who the fuck is Hooventud? And he's like yeah Google it Google it baby like that. And then he's like I did Google it by the way, um and it turns out the third labor of Jericho is Hooventud Guerrera, who I never watched WCW right, but I remember The Rock taking the piss out of Chris Jericho when he first debuted, being like. You were wrestling a man named Hooventude. And I, I, I'm just like, that sounds fucking hilarious. I don't get the joke, but I was pissing myself laughing as a kid. Um, Hopefully Randy has more on Hooventude Guerrera. I mean, fucking hell, if he just beat the shit out of Nick Gage and almost died. And his his his, his next labour is to fight someone else who's the same age as Jericho, but not as prolific. It's like, okay then. If you said it was the fucking Undertaker, I would have shit myself, but okay. All in all, good show. The opener was excellent. I actually quite liked the closing match. I feel like Randy's gonna shit all over it. But I thought it was fun. I thought it was an AEW death match. It showed that Nick Gage he's not a great wrestler, but he's he's carved out something no pun intended. He's carved out something for himself in professional wrestling and you can't take that away from him. And you know what man? It was good. I enjoyed it. Fuck it, why not? I thought it was alright. It was rank but it was okay. Uh, Jericho took it from being a straight up fucking fight to being a wrestling match and there's not much else you can really say other than that so let's hear Randy's thoughts on all this shit so Jericho fucking made good work of Nick Gage fucking beats him goes on to the third labour who is Juventud Guerrera yeah cool (laughs) I've not seen him since he was kicking about in WWE as part of the Mexicals with Super Crazy and Psychosis and their lawnmowers. Oh was my god, that was such a racist gimmick now that oh, I'm thinking about racist. it. It'll be fun to see him next week. So that'll be the third Labour of Jericho. Right, this match, I'm not even 
it was a spot match, wasn't it? Just to get some shock factor, get some blood. I wasn't impressed with it. I wasn't overly excited with Nick Gage. Didn't know who he was until Matt Cardona whipped his ass last week. Absolutely love Matt Cardona. I hope that he would come out during this match and cause interference. But then I second guessed myself because I didn't know what the rules were with interference. If it was only inner circle or if anyone interfered for Jericho, he would get barred. Jericho won. Nobody interfered. Third labour, Hooventude. Fourth labour. Who could, what could the fourth labour be? Jink, it'll be a submission match. Right, i actually seen this. The week after next, they're going to be in Pittsburgh where Kurt Angle is and Tony Khan did offer Kurt Angle an active roster member contract a year ago or whenever oh. he finished with WWE and Angle turned it down because he doesn't think that he can wrestle to the ability that he did before. But maybe a one-off match would be cool. If it is Pittsburgh, if it is Angle, a submission match, that would be fucking yes. Yes. And then, because I'm a wrestling nerd, and I've got the podcast, we have the podcast, done some reading up, and the fifth labour is going to be MJF, so you've got Hooventood, then you've got one more match, then the following match it should be MJF. Might be wrong, but I think that's the way that it was worded. So we'll see. We will see. Overall, I liked the show. It wasn't as good as the previous few weeks, but I'm cool with that because the pacing is a bit better now. There was just a lot happening the last few times, wasn't there? So let's kick through matches for next week. First match, Christian versus The Blade. Christian outworks The Blade. Does Orange Cassidy get involved? Yes. Yeah, I mean it's got to be Christian, right? I can't see, I can't see the blade beating him. Fucking blades getting battered every week. Um, does Orange Cassidy get involved? No, I don't think he does. Second match we have the Bunny versus Legit Lily Hirsch, and the winner of this match gets an NWA title shot. I think they titled this match as a Championship Eliminator match, but I don't think either of these women are the NWA women's champion so is that not just a number one's yeah. contenders match then might be wrong one of them might be might the be champion can... we'll see uh i'm gonna say that the bunny wins why not your man my man the people's man happy miro de miro will be taking on lee johnson defending his tnt title the redeemer miro Aye, my money's all over Miro here, because he's just a mad bastard. Lee Johnson is going to have Dustin Rhodes at ringside, so I think Miro is going to whip on Dustin Rhodes. It's got to be Miro, there's no fucking other way. Miro wins. Before I get into the final match, another thing that was announced for next week that should have happened this week is QT Marshall wants to apologise to Tony the Shagger next week in front of Tony's family. Tony is definitely going to get whipped here, isn't he? He's taking a bump or something, or QT's going to fuck him up. But does that open up the door for somebody coming out to save Tony the Shagger? Any surprise debuts or returns, or is it just going to be a new feud for QT Marshall? If you could pick, if you had to pick, who would you pick? I'll say... See, I don't even know who's a face and who's not doing fuck all. Somebody that always gets a pop. 
Right, you know what? I'm just going to say Eddie Kingston because I don't know what he's up to right now. So Eddie Kingston to save Tony the Shagger and then Eddie Kingston versus QT Marshall for a while. I'm saying Darby Allen. I feel like you got the kind of um, Sting, Tony the Shagger bromance going on. That's where I'm coming from. Final match for next week that I've got Malachi Black versus Cody. I think this is going to be a fucking right good match. And I think this will be the one that Cody loses. I think Malachi Black might walk away with the win. Who's your pick, Mikey? It has to be Malachi Black. If Cody wins this, they've shat the bed. Simple as that. Right, now I'm just going to throw some fucking random scenarios at you, right? What's going to happen with Hangman Adam Page in the Dark Order now? Either the Dark Order could be like, don't worry, Hangman, you didn't just lose. There was four of us in the match as well. We all lost. That's option A. That's your face storyline and everybody's all happy and they're trying to big up Adam Page. He hits the drink again. Or option B, the Dark Order just fucking turn on Adam Page saying, you cost us the match, you lost your temper, you got us all fucked here, we could have been in a tag team title match, and you fucked it up for us, Adam Page, and they disown him, and then Dark Order are heels, but like, they jump him, they make it brutal, they beat him in the ring, and then Evil Uno gets on the mic, Evil is brilliant on the mic, and he just says, you're nothing, <laughs> Hangman Adam Page, you're a bum, <laughs> I'll be cool with the Dark Order being heels again, and that'd be a, a half decent way to get them there. Have you got any thoughts on them going forward, Adam Page or the Dark Order? You know what, man? I, as much as I enjoyed that, I think that's quite entertaining. I don't think so. I think for the storyline perspective, so you've got him kind of getting disowned by his arsehole mates and he's found like new mates who love him no matter what. So I think they're going to stick with him. I think that's going to be it's going to be the power of friendship that builds him up back up again. And once he comes back up again. I guess you look at it this way, right? So he failed when he when he couldn't beat Chris Jericho and then he started kind of hitting the drink and everything and the elite are like, fuck you, man, and they dropped him, right? And then he became mates of the Dark Order. He was pushing them away, pushing them away, pushing them away and they built him back up and got him off the drink and everything and he went for this again and he failed. So this time he's going to go back into the drink and everything and instead of his mates dropping him, they're going to build him back up and then the third time, he's going to fucking win. That's my shout. Right, rumours are, Darby Allen was calling out CM Punk. When he was saying, oh, yeah. best in the world, whatever, he come to AEW. I'm fucking disappointed with that. They should yeah. have just made it a surprise on the night. Agree. If it was going to be Darby Allen, or they should have made an official announcement. Yeah. Saying this is what's going to happen with CM Punk. The fact that they've teased it being Darby Allen... I'm a bit disappointed. Oh, I don't shit. know why. I know fucking Darby's good. I like all of Darby's matches. I love what he's done with Sting. But, meh. Meh. I think that's more to give Darby a rub more than anything, right? It's kind of, um, it's almost like, a, you know what, Darby? It's shit that you lost the belt and everything, but this is what you get as a, as a, as a present. Essentially, you get to be CM Punk's first feud since he left wrestling. So, I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome for him, to be fair. I know you mean that there's, like, other places you could have gone with it, but that's going to be a banger of a feud, man. I can just feel it. And they might even turn Darby heel for it. Wouldn't that be cool? A heel sting in Darby? Nah, they won't. They'll keep them both face. 
Maybe CM Punk will come in as a heel. That'd be quite cool, actually. Whenever Miro cut his promo, he said that he's got his double-jointed wife. Good good for you, Miro, right? Just Let's just appreciate that. Good for you. And then I was thinking about it. When Kip Sabian returns, you could have your mixed tag team match. Miro, Lana versus Kip Sabian yeah. and Penelope Ford. That's an easy popper of a match. Get it booked. Totally agree. Okay, last thing for you, Mikey. Who is now going to be the number one contender now that Adam Page is fucked off? Or he's out the rankings? Before this episode, it was Adam Page first, then Jungle Boy, then Christian, then Darby, then Orange Cassidy. Miro's still fucking racking up wins though, and he's the TNT. Can the TNT champion challenge the AEW champion? Nah, I don't think so. It probably won't happen. I think Christian is going to outwork a few boys and he's got to be the next one for the championship match. Championships. Jungle Boy's had his match. We were cool with that. He's not going to fight Kenny Omega anytime soon. Orange Cassidy at rank number five. He's had his match. He lost that triple threat. Darby Allen is an interesting one, but um, what you got to give him? Fucking CM Punk and Kenny Omega? Nah. Can't be bored with that. I think it's going to be Christian, but I would rather see somebody else there. I don't know who. Have you got any thoughts, Mikey, who you would like to see as the AEW number one contender? Before we get to All Out or All In or whatever one it is, we've got five more episodes of Dynamite, four more episodes of Rampage, five more episodes of Dark, and five more of Dark Elevation. So that's like fucking 19 shows. Somebody could easily just show up and get a 19-0 rank and bang, straight to number one contender. But AEW don't give a fuck because AEW don't really care about the rankings. But who is your pick for the next challenger to Kenny Omega? I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Christian. And to be honest, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think you can build that over these few weeks, have them fucking feuding, have Christian fighting the Good Brothers one-on-one, beating them, getting maybe beating fucking Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson. Beating Brandon Cutler, do you know what I mean, man? It's like there's there's a lot going on there. I think he can just be like, look, I'll have this fucking feud with you. You can make that a trilogy of fights, really, and push that on for ages while Adam Page is doing his shit to get back up the rankings and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's going to be a good solid match. Two Canadian cunts beating the shit out of each other. What's what's more to want? So that's what's been happening in the weird and wonderful mind of Randy Phil this week. Be sure to let us know what you think. Go get us on the link tree at Snapdragon Duplex. I don't know if that's right. Mikey, give them all the socials. <laughs> let them know where to get us. Get in contact with us. Let us know what you, the people, want to hear. Otherwise, you just get me and Mikey talking shit for almost an hour. Sometimes three. <laughs> but we do appreciate it and we do love yous. Until next time, Randy Phil out. Randy Phil out. So that's another week in the bag, in the books. Very good fun. Um, thanks for listening. And the link tree is, I think, is link tree. If you go in there, search for Snapdragon Duplex, you'll find us everywhere. But on Twitter, Instagram, all the bullshits, YouTube, all that shit, you'll find us. The website www.snapdragonduplex.co.uk. Get all the episodes on there, man. Fucking download them, send them to your more. And with that, Mikey Mac. Good.